Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be encountered, your forgiveness experienced, and your love and your ways revealed. Amen. So John the Baptist gets his head cut off, and Jesus is not welcome at home. Why in the world would Mark put these two stories together? John the Baptist has already died, so this is an interlude. We talked a little bit last week. When Mark throws a story within a story, it's there because you're supposed to put these stories together. So we're going to look at that this morning. When we see life around Jesus is chaos, life for John the Baptist was surrounded by chaos. Herod, even in all his power, lived in the chaos. Before I asked my wife to marry me, bought a ring, went to her mom and dad, right? Good Southern way of doing things, get permission from mom and dad. And then I went to my big brother to tell him. It was the day of that I was gonna ask her, had it all planned out. And he said, well, congratulations. I said, whoa, 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 she didn't say yes yet, don't know. And I'll never forget what he said after that. He goes, oh, she'll say yes. I went, how do you know? He said, well, if you weren't sure she was going to say yes, you wouldn't ask. I know you. <laughs> You're a whole lot like me. But it made me think about rejection. What if she said no? Up until that point, yes, he was right. I was pretty sure she was going to say yes. He gave me confidence that she would say yes, but then I began to think. We all live with a little bit of a fear of rejection. And not just rejection from people we don't know. Fear of rejection of people we love, people we care about. So Jesus goes home. And you would expect a warm welcome you would expect, as he returns home, for him to be the golden child of Nazareth, who has gone on to do great things. But Mark tells us, when he came back and began to teach and be who he was, they couldn't take it. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Who does he think he is up here now as a rabbi, teaching with wisdom and authority? Don't we know his family? I almost take that as an insult. We know the family he comes from. <clears throat> There's no silver spoon here. Working class folks, working class town. And I'm not sure why. Maybe they just thought Jesus had gotten too big for his britches. But I do know from what Mark <clears throat> tells us, they rejected him. So much so that Mark goes on to say he couldn't do any of his regular miracles there. Well, except for heal a few people. He does make that exception. But not the usual power and love of God on display. And it's not because Jesus didn't give it. It's because the people didn't receive it. They couldn't get beyond that 12-year-old boy they once knew. Or when he was five and playing in the streets. To see him for who he really was. The Gospel of Mark the whole point is to reveal Christ to us, that he is God's son. 
So Jesus and the traveling ministry will travel on. I'm not sure how he felt inside that day. That's one of those questions I always want to ask. How'd that feel? Maybe it's the pastor's heart in me or the caring and compassion. Jesus, you okay? It was one of the disciples as they leave town. Jesus, you all right? That had to be rough. But let's look at how Jesus handles the rejection and the chaos, especially of the unexpected. The next thing he does is call the 12 disciples together and send them out in pairs and looks at them and say, now you go and proclaim the message of God's love that will change hearts and change minds that people will no longer want to live for themselves in their own power, but live outside of themselves, deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. That's the message that is to come as we move into Lent. And the message that Jesus was here, that God's love incarnate right in front of you is here for you because this is how much God loves the world. This is how much God loves you. And he sends them out with that message. And from what they've just experienced, he makes it very clear to them, some people will receive it and some won't. But it is your job to go and proclaim the message of God's love anyway. We do see Jesus get angry later, but here we don't see him get angry or upset, so we're not sure how he responded. But we see by his actions, he continues to move forward with God's love and proclaiming God's love to the surrounding villages, through the disciples. I wonder, because I think of times in my life when I've been overwhelmed, right? Maybe there's just too much to do. It's not even just the big life events, you know, that are thrown at you, the unexpected health diagnosis. Even beyond that, just the day-to-day -day of too much to do, trying to balance work and family life and still have a few friends beyond that. Anybody live that life? All of us? I like to think it was going to go away when I retired someday, right? That I would have more time, but all my retired folks have warned me. No, 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 no. I was having a conversation with one of my mentors, Pastor Paul Frank, and he was just checking in and says, how's life going? And I'm like, I'm in it up to my eyeballs. And he said, well, what? I said, I've got this going on with this kid, this going on with this kid, this going on at church, this going on at church, and I'm not getting to this, which is part of the grand vision of things, of things I want to get done. Oh, and then there's this with my brother, and, you know. And he looked just kind of, whew, sounds like chaos. And I said, well, you know, maybe someday I'll be like you and, and get to be retired and just enjoy the grandkids. And then he began to list his schedule. By the way, we met for lunch that day. We had that conversation. It took us two weeks to match schedules to, to have lunch. But he did give me those wise words as a mentor can, as your pastor can for you, and say, just remember in the all of it, you can only do what you can do, and God loves you. You are a child of God. The Gospel of Mark starts with Jesus coming to John the Baptist and being baptized in the Jordan River. And the heavens open and the Spirit comes and then we hear the voice of God. You are my child, revealing that he is God's son. That's how Mark starts it. 
But I think the words are there for Jesus as well. Just like they're there for us in the waters of our baptism, you are my child. I love you. Because when the rest of the world might reject us or the chaos or the busyness overwhelms us, here's where the Bible speaks of the peace that passes all understanding. How can you face rejection? God loves me. I don't have to worry about other people liking me or loving me. I want them to. Life is better that way. Don't get me wrong. But I don't need it. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I am not reliant on anybody else but God. It all starts with God's love for me, for you. And because Jesus knows he is loved by the Father with that perfect heavenly love, he can continue to step out into the world and go, some folks will get it and some folks won't. Some folks will change and live lives of love instead of self-seeking, surviving, protecting their own personal interest ways. It is countercultural, and so some folks will receive it and some folks won't. And next to that story, Mark lays the death of John the Baptist with Herod. Not the Herod who killed all the children when Jesus was born, his son, also named Herod. It gets confusing, doesn't it? And Herodias and her daughter Herodias. <laughs> Which one are we talking about? But this is the Herod that will also have Jesus come to him and mock him and send him away to be crucified. The same Herod in power, still under Roman oppression, so he walks the political tightrope of being a leader, a local leader, but under the thumb of Rome. He needs Rome's support. And he needs the people who are oppressed support. Hmm. Kind of a precarious time to be king. So it's his birthday celebration. And as it plays out, he puts himself in a pickle. Herodias dances for him. He swears an oath, promising her up to half the kingdom, whatever you want. And she comes back after visiting with her mother and once the head of John the Baptist. Well, if you're worried about the politics, you're worried about staying in power, you're worried about your approval numbers. And so he decides to behead John the Baptist. In the midst of the crux of what was supposed to be a fun birthday celebration, he makes a choice that every time I reread this, I'm like, I, I know it was a different day and time but to execute him, to cut off his head and hand it to somebody as a present. Hmm. And we see how he handles life differently because of his own self-interest. The self-interest of a person who would steal his brother's wife. Mark makes that clear. Because that's what got John in hot water because he pointed out how wrong that was. Even then, even now. But in the midst of this chaos... He chooses popularity, approval, 
of others. And that's the difference in the chaos. Jesus can withstand the chaos. Not that he doesn't feel the rejection. He does. Mark says he was appalled. But he can live with it. And he can die for it. Because love will have the last word when Jesus is raised from the dead. When I look at this passage, then I have to look in. How am I dealing with the chaos? Because the chaos, whether it's from the busyness or the events in our life happen around us and to us, how do we handle it? Jesus shows us the way as the child of God and the heart of God with the reminder through those waters of your baptism, you are a child of God, loved by God, no matter what comes, no matter what happens. Revealing to us God's heart. Revealing to us a God that loves us even when we reject God. He didn't stop loving the people of Nazareth. He didn't stop loving the people of his hometown. He continued to love and continued to share that love and the message of God's love that Christ had come and that Christ will die for us because that's how much God loves us. My prayer for me, you're always preaching to yourself kind of when you preach, and, and for you, through the chaos of life, that you will hold on to that message that you are a child of God, loved by God, and nothing can take that away from you. Amen.